What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I just ripped it. And guess what? I just like did a whole eight-minute ad read. You freaks are going to be happy to know I'm going to shorten this one, but I, I had the wrong mic. And I was just, uh, uh, down in Austin, exploring Austin. Got my beautiful wife next to me making some chicken noodle soup. Like in Austin so far, vibes, vibes hot. The vibe is hot down here. That's how I'd describe it. We're missing Matt O'Dell down here. I wish you were down here for the events of this week at Unchained Capitals. BitDevs, BitDevs meet up at Unchained Capital tonight. Beefsteak tomorrow. Many events, many Bitcoiners. It feels like the, the Bitcoin meat space shelling point is shifting down to the Southwest. Very interesting to see. Very interesting rip. Good rip this week. It was brought to you by good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. They help you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, sell sets. If you so please, we're saying sats, 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 because sats are the standard. There's 100 million sats in each Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats instead. I forgot to say the amount of sats per cuck buck during the read on Clark Moody's dashboard during the episode. So I'm going to do that now. One cuck buck is going to get you 1,573 sats, according to Clark's dashboard right now. Uh, and you can stack those sats. You can stack... 1,573 cents with one cuck buck on the cash app. They make that possible. You can DCA in the sat set and forget it by daily, weekly, bi-weekly. And we actually had a conversation about bi-weekly. Matt, if you're listening to this, uh, the, the ad read proves that I was right about bi- bi-weekly. And it's not that confusing. Uh, what else can you do? Cash app can be your bank account. You know, offering account numbers and rallying numbers to get your paychecks direct deposited into the app. They sometimes have sats back boost. Uh, you use your boost card wherever Visa is accepted, and if you have your sats back boost enabled, you're going to get sats back. Uh, they also have other boosts with with other retailers. Great. Sometimes you just save money at the grocery store. Go check out all of this if you haven't already. Download the Cash App. Use the code stacking sats. That's S T A C K I N G S A T S. You're going to get ten dollars, and ten dollars is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. And the Great American Mining Eagle has landed in Austin, so I got to give you an eagle call. Freedom. We're going to be talking freedom tonight at the Unchained Capital offices. This episode is also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. They're doing incredible things, building products for Bitcoiners, leveraging Bitcoin's native properties with security in mind uh, and nothing makes that more obvious than their Volt program and their white glove concierge service, which is what we're shilling today. All right. Uh, if you freaks want to go from zero to having a thousand cuck bucks worth of Bitcoin in a multi-sig address and a Volt, an Unchained Capital Volt specifically, Unchained Team is here for you with their white glove concierge service. Uh, you sign up for it and you get the package. What you get is multiple video co- conference calls where they get you comfortable with multi-sig, get you comfortable with their Volt product, make sure that you understand uh, the security it provides and, and how it works and what you need to protect. They're going to send you card cards. They're not sending you cards. They're sending you hardware wallets. They'll send you hardware wallets to teach you how to set those up, how to create a private public key pair, how to uh, protect your derivation pass or secure your derivation pass or remember your, like, save your derivation pass so you can use them. They're going to, this is why they're doing it, not me. Uh, they're going to set that up you comfortable with everything and then once you're comfortable with multi-sig comfortable with your hardware wallets you're going to set up a vault uh you're going to they're, they're going to dump a thousand dollars a thousand cuck bucks worth of bitcoin into it you're going to hold two keys unchained will hold one 
If you ever want to move your UTXOs out of that multi-sig vault, you can do so by yourself. But if you ever need Unchained to be that second in the two or three signatures, they are there for you as well. So go check all this out. Tell them TFTC sent you. You're going to get $50 off. Go to www.unchained-capital.com. That's www.unchained-capital.com. Incredible content there too. Uh, beyond their products, they're writing incredible content. This rip was also brought to you by good friends at HODL HODL, another company leveraging Bitcoin's multi-sig properties to bring good products to the world. This product is available to U.S. citizens too. It's Lend at HODL HODL. So you go to lend.hodlhodl.com. You'll be able to use your Bitcoin as collateral to get liquidity. If you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, if you need a little bit of liquidity, you put your Bitcoin in a multi-sig escrow, uh, non-custodial multi-sig escrow. It's anonymous, non-custodial. Uh, you basically meet on the HODL HODL lending platform. You find a counterparty uh, who's willing to, to lend out stable coins. You put your Bitcoin into a multi-sig address. You hold one key, HODL HODL holds one, and your counterparty holds one, so you know your Bitcoin's never being rehypothecated. You can be sure that your collateral is where uh, it should be in the multi-sig wallet. Uh, and then you get stable coins and you're, you're able to spend those without getting a tax burden of selling your Bitcoin. Uh, and as long as you're paying that back, you're going to get your Bitcoin back. It's a beautiful thing. And if you're a stable coin guy or girl and you have some stable coins laying around that you want to get interest on, you can go on the other side of that order book, put your stable coins up uh, to be lent out and engage with Bitcoiners looking to hold their Bitcoin. Um, and you, you lend your stable coins out and you get a return on it for doing so. Um, so go check it all out at lend.hodlhodl.com. That's lend.hodlhodl.com. Last but not least, this rep was brought to you by our good friends at Brains. <sighs> Brains. Brains. B-R-A-I-I-N-S. Brains is the team behind Slushpool. Slushpool is the oldest Bitcoin mining pool in existence. They've been around since 2013. And they've always been great stewards of the Bitcoin network and Bitcoiners in general. Uh, nothing makes this more obvious than the fact that they discovered Amplead and created firmware that Bitcoin miners could use uh, instead of Bitmain's firmware that was exposing miners to, to that Amplead vulnerability. Um, and what they did was basically create Brains OS Plus, which is firmware, which you download on your miner, uh, and you're able to get more sats for your hash. Get more sats for your hash with Brains OS Plus. You download it, it makes you more efficient, gives you more control of your miners, and allows you to stack more sats. Uh, on top of that, they're doing incredible things in the, the open source arena with Stratum V2. They're working on a decentralized mining protocol. It's available on Slushpool, and it's implemented on Slushpool and available to individuals running Brains OS Plus firmware on their miners that's available for s9s s17s and t17s right now they're working on what's minor ed when what's minor ed 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 i'm gonna pour queso on your head the next time i see you ed when what's minor uh, on top of that they've got incredible tools they have a mining profitability tool they're putting out a lot of educational content for miners and about the mining industry uh just a great team all around love the team of brains they're fucking crushing it they have been crushing it for some time they always have Bitcoin uh, in mind, Bitcoiners in mind. They're great stewards of the protocol, of the network, of the mining industry. Very proud to have them as a sponsor. So go check them out at Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Enjoy this, Rip Freaks. Love all y'all. Maybe moving to Texas. We'll see. Take care.
You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. So what's up? I'm on video for the first time in a while. Uh, using my laptop as I am in Austin and don't have my desktop with me. And it seems that uh, it's much better than my desktop setup and uh, the going live flow from Zoom to to all the third parties that we're, we're currently streaming on is completely different on my laptop than it is on my desktop. So we just ninja launched it. I thought I was going to have a, a few seconds there. A little under prepared right now. Matt, how the hell are you? Ooh, that was a good pop. Boomer Marty coming live from Austin. Doesn't even know he's coming live. I wonder I wonder at what point they came in there. Anyway, Reeks, you got that inside baseball. Welcome. Got inside baseball. Uh, you got my brother. He's taking a an Instagram story video of me right now. My wife and son are on the couch beyond us. So if you hear any uh, of the rumblings in the background, um, sorry for that, Reeks. But hey, what a week. Short list. I was surprised how short the list is this week. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, a, a quiet news week. Um, I mean, you wouldn't know that from mainstream media, but for proper Bitcoiners, it was a quiet news week. Yeah. Well, I mean, the quiet news week that ended with a bang yesterday or not like ended, but you got a pretty big bang yesterday. It looks like uh, you're going to be sending a million sats to the Human Rights Foundation. Stay humble, Marty. <sighs> I mean, it's hard, hard to be humble. When you start Hard to be humble. <laughs> this isn't Ethereum, you know. This isn't Ethereum. You don't just see a uh, a, a merged uh, PR and then all of a sudden the thing's activated. What's the latest with that? I had to hop on like a virtual conference for an hour and wasn't able to follow along. Uh, Speedy Trial has been merged into Bitcoin oh, Core. I know about that. I'm talking about the Ethereum kerfuffle. Oh, I don't know. You were following that more than me. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Apparently, I had a big hard fork today, and, uh, and we'll get into it. Let's start, before we get to speedy trial, before we get to that shit, let's start with Clark's dashboard. As you can see uh, on Crypto Watch, there is a bit of a premium on BISC, trading at $65,110. It was above 70000 right before we hit record. Uh, the price, according to Clark Movie's dashboard, is $62,570. Total Bitcoin market cap is $1,170,000,000,000 as of right now. We are 3.5% below the all-time high. We hit 64,840 this week at one point. Uh, there are currently, we're currently at block 679,373, getting closer to 89% of all the Bitcoin that will ever be mined have been mined. We're at 88.97%. That's 18,683,492.21 BTC. Um, I've got my laptop set up different, different screen sizes. So scrolling through here, mining, uh, we had an upward difficulty adjustment of 5.8%. And that was, we talked about that last week. We're 19 blocks away from the next retarget. So that should happen uh, in, in uh, 193 hours, three hours and 10 minutes about. Uh, and it's estimated to be a 1.6% upward difficulty adjustment. That's because blocks are coming in at nine minutes and 51 
seconds, uh, nine seconds quicker than a 10 minute block target and unspent capacity. Wow. On Samurai went up big, right? Two twenty three hundred fifty eight point five one or $147.5 million. That's pretty significant. The, I wonder if it's the guns and Bitcoin effect. You think so? I was talking to Ben about that. He said it was a really good conference, had a lot of fun. Yeah, that just happened in Austin uh, last week. I heard it was a massive success and a lot of fun. Um, and Samurai played a very big role there. So, Yeah, I actually, um, I got one of the, the uh, Pi, or Pine64 uh, nodes like Woe and uh, our boy Zelko hooked me up. So I, I've got that waiting for me back back at home to plug in and set up it's a beautiful thing it's 3d printed a case it's it's a really high quality node they were giving those out at guns and bitcoin as well those look so like slick. yeah um yeah so what's going on what's on your mind we just went through the dashboard we got a lot of stuff going on you said it's a slow news week i think it was pretty big news week um well i mean the biggest story if you asked uh a normie I almost didn't even put on the list and then I looked back afterwards and then added it to the list. So I don't count that. If you don't count that, then like we have speedy trial, we have the tap for activation, right? But besides that, pretty slow news week. Yeah. What am I talking about, Marty? Coin. The Coinbase IPO. Yes, sir. Very hot topic. A lot of people got pretty rich off of that. What's the trading at now? I haven't even checked today. It's at about 68 billion market cap. Okay. Uh, I think that's, I think it was like 330 or something per share. My favorite take was from uh, Dylan over at Bitcoin Magazine. He had, uh, he priced it in sats and he was like, number go down. <laughs> and I, I think that's the proper framing. You know, like it might perform well in the short term, but long term is going to trend to zero like everything else uh, measured in Bitcoin. But I would say that, you know, a $68 billion valuation in this type of insane, you know, stonk market uh, seems kind of low to me, right? People were expecting a lot higher. Uh, people were expecting like $95 billion to I was expecting like over 150 Yeah. And I, and I had no math to back it up except just pure insanity. I just expected the most insane thing possible. Yeah. Which is usually a good bet recently. You just yeah, bet on insanity. Well, the world is going insane outside of Bitcoin. You want to start? Like, they're trying to stuff the courts now. What do you think about four more uh, Supreme Court justices getting added to the Supreme Court? I, this is the first I've heard of it. Uh, yeah, uh, they're pushing for it. I isolate myself into my Bitcoin bubble. It's a, it's a good, it's a good way to do it. Oh, buddy, it's okay. Um, yeah, so let's just jump right into Speedy Trial. We talked about it. Yesterday with Ben on the pod that will be released tomorrow. I sat down with Ben and Chris Stewart from Shortbits. We we talked about speedy trial uh, and and the debate around the activation method, particularly block height versus MTP and the coin flip and the controversy around that. And after that conversation, like yeah, I'm I'm okay with the coin flip. One hundred percent okay with the coin flip. I know we determined we're that. past we're past the coin flip now, Marty. I know, but there was like a lot of bike shedding around it and. Um, but it seems like we're, we're beyond that. The, the activation method has been merged into core and will start, I believe, in two weeks around April 24th, correct? Um, yeah. And then there's going to be a three-month signaling period where miners can signal. Um, 
what's the threshold? Is it is it ninety five percent? It's ninety or ninety five. I'm pretty sure. Just heard a slight echo. Oh, oh you did. I heard it again. Is this better? Um, what you what percentage do you think it is? I thought it was ninety. Okay, well, it's ninety or ninety five percent. Um, and if the miners don't reach that threshold after three months, then UASF is on the table. Then, then, then there might have to be a user activated soft fork or at least a threat of one. Yeah. But as it stands right now, um, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be necessary if the, if the miners, if the miners signal, uh, to the proper threshold, which is above 90%. It's confirmed 90% is the threshold. Um, yeah. On on the Tappert activation Linux page right now, or in the the uh, mailing list. That's good because ninety five percent is like a pretty fucking insane bar to hit. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Talking with Ben yesterday, he made a very good point. Like outside of Segwit, um, every other soft fork with this type of threshold was merged within three months, pretty pretty easily. He may have even said three weeks, but I'm an error on the side of three months. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of 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 this as a rubric going forward for these kind of um proposals right where you have uh you, you basically have the devs do you know the dev community do a like due diligence period they work on and everything it gets merged you give the miners the ability to signal um and then if there's opposition there at that point after all that um then you can continue to more deep uh, debate or conversation and where to go from there, right? Yeah. And it's funny what the debate around this particular last leg of, of the activation method being determined was about. It was very, very niche edge cases. So the way Ben described it to me is the MTP verse block height debate was about the edge case of miners being able to a miner with MTP being able to reorg and, and sort of change the times on the blocks um, and confuse the network about whether or not Tapper was actually activated. And during that period, uh, if somebody were to use a Taproot address, they would lose those funds, um, which again, edge case, niche case, like the, the, the probability of somebody actually using that right away, uh, Taproot address and, and going right into it is, is probably low. It's going to take time for wallets to adopt, adapt and adopt the, um, the, the code and, and integrate it into their software. So it would have to be like a core dev who just couldn't wait to uh, experiment with it. And that's like the, the probability of that happening in the debate around that uh, was just very intellectual, like masturbation, if you will. Um, I mean, that is like more of a niche. I'm hearing slight echoes. So that, that was that was more of a niche uh, thing or, or detail aspect to it. But there's a bigger overarching debate, right? Which Luke is still upset with, Luke Jr. Um, is, is this idea of, do you, do you just go straight to user activated soft work? Or do you give the miners a period of signaling before you do that, right? Um, and it seems like there's still um, a decent chunk of people that would prefer to just go straight to user activated. Yeah. And then, then like, what's so the argument there is the 
threat of a of a chain split if you go straight to user activated software this is more of a clean way and organized way to do it yeah i mean the the, the speedy trial approach is a more conservative method right yeah um and it's it's basically it's basically the decision between do you use user activated software uh, as a as a threat as a last case scenario type of move or do you use it proactively um, in both cases like even the people that the overwhelming majority of people that support speedy trial um, are doing so under the assumption that if it fails to activate from minor signaling, then a UA user activated soft fork is in the cards. So like almost everyone agrees with that aspect. It's just, when do you do it? Do you do it before the miners do it or do you do it after? And the nice thing about having the miners go along with it is it's a very easy thing to measure them signaling. It's an objective measurement. I mean, they could fake signaling, but at least we can objectively see signaling numbers. You can't objectively see node numbers or anything like that. That's why like, proof of work exists in the first place. Um, and it's it's just, it, it, in a lot of ways, it's easier if it's not contentious. Yeah, it, it makes sense, right? Like, that seems like that's how the SegWit user activated software worked, right? Like they, the miners didn't signal and they were fucking around. So I was like, all right, we're gonna use activated software. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's some nuance there, but more yeah. or less, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm happy. I'm happy because uh, I think Steve Lee, Moneyball, uh, Steve from Square Crypto, he tweeted out yesterday, like, if this uh, activation method goes smoothly and it, and it happens within the three month period, uh, we'll have um, Taproot by November 21st, which means I they're would, cutting it tight. I would keep my million sats. Is our um, is our bet pushing Taproot forward? I know we've talked about this in the past. I think. I, look, I know freaks. It's important to stay humble, but I I 100% agree with Marty that that rabbit hole recap is single handedly pushing Taproot through. All the core devs listen. They know they they had this this prediction market in the form of this bet of a million sats going to the HRF. Um, Marty's really paying off paying off all the powers that be with his a million sats on his side just to win out of pride yeah yeah well no, that's risky so then i have to pay like two million sats if i lose <laughs> and they get the yeah well um we'll keep following this it, it seems like there's uh quality legitimate momentum towards getting this activated which we've been talking about for a while there's been a stalemate if you will but the stalemate's been moving forward it's been debated thoroughly like we've been saying time and time again this is a good thing to see bitcoin is extremely hard to change um and i guess after we talk about greg maxwell's comment on reddit we can we can get into uh, juxtaposing how hard it is and has been to get taproot activated versus the the berlin hard fork of ethereum today which created a huge yeah disruption to the network and also for the freaks like we're gonna have uh i guess probably the next two episodes on this feed are gonna be taproot focused and i have a feeling there's gonna be a lot more discussion about it in general going forward so yeah. there won't be a dearth of discussion on it yeah um so what do you think of greg maxwell's comments there's a fucking hilarious quote in the middle there. I uh, let me see if I can pull it up over here because I'm sharing my screen. Um, 
<laughs> There's a fucking quote. No one like brought it up at all. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Sorry, freaks. I'm looking for it. I have it up right now. But do you know which quote I'm talking about? Um, I'm trying to think. Okay, it's in any case a bit frustrating, but I think ultimately not a big deal. Someone always got to climb the right stag dressed as Spider Man, and I guess this time it's Luke's turn. <laughs> Yeah, and this is basically in, in the context of Luke uh, being very staunch, not not hold out, but he's being very, he's, he's playing one end of the spectrum and, and holding line there. I don't want to say he's dying on a hill, but he's uh, standing strong on a, on a very cement, on a semantic hill, if you will. Well, I, Luke primarily wants to do, he wants to do BIP8. He wants to do user activated software. Yeah. Um, that's his primary misgiving. And it seems like he's just pushing back on, on little details here. That's Greg's main complaint. He, he's, he thinks that there's pretty much consensus and that just arguing over the little details aren't really benefiting anyone. Um, the freak should go read his actual post from Greg Maxwell. Um, but M Marty, like, what is that reference? I'm not getting the reference. It seems like a real personal jab that he put there. Uh, like the Reichstag is the government building, right? That the Nazis burned down. Yeah. What does Spider-Man have to do with it? He's just trying to seem... I don't know. It was like one of those quotes I read. It, I was like, oh, shit, burn. And then I was like, I have no idea what this means. I mean, he's like trying to be a hero, but he's really not. <laughs> someone dressed as Spider-Man, so it's not actually Spider-Man. Um, is fake Spider-Man screaming fire or something? Yeah, not screaming fire. Yeah, again, I'm just trying to artic not articulate, but uh, translate what this may mean. It's like somebody just being a hardo. I mean, he wrote like thinking they're going to save the world when it's obvious they're not. It's it's like the beginning of the the Dark Knight Rises, or the Dark Knight, where you have all the fake Batman, like with guns, and they're really not solving anything. I mean, Greg Greg wrote this like nice, insightful Reddit post, like six paragraphs or whatever. And I just can't get over this one sentence in the middle that's just completely unrelated to the rest of it in terms of like, I don't know. God, I find it interesting that uh, Greg Maxwell still hangs out on Reddit. I mean, he loves Reddit. It's like his favorite platform. Yeah, and he's described why he's not on Twitter. He does not like the uh, fair enough the brevity of of tweets. Doesn't think it's a a good spot for a quality conversation. Which I think there's a good argument to be made there. Can understand it, but yeah, no, it was uh, interesting to see his thoughts. Uh, it's moving forward, freaks. April twelfth. I still think he's on Twitter. We just don't know what his name is. No, you do. No, I don't think he'd be able to control himself. He'd be able to like tell. We'll never know. Based on his language. Uh, what else do we got here? I guess, I guess we wouldn't know if he signed a message on Twitter, but that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good week. I mean, again, it's very hard to get these things merged into Bitcoin. It takes a lot of time. Um, and, it, it, and again, we're going to juxtapose this with the Berlin hard fork, which, again, is pretty incredible to see how that played out. So basically, Ethereum uh. had a hard fork upgrade today and it split the network a lot of, <laughs> between geth and open node or uh not open node free node or it's open ethereum something yeah open ethereum something whatever um <laughs> so i guess geth clients continued unabated 
and open Ethereum node, whatever it's called, uh, those clients got stuck at a, a certain block height. And it turns out that a lot of the major exchanges uh, and service providers within the Ethereum uh, ecosystem were using that. Uh, no, I don't think they were. No? I mean, Etherscan was, which is arguably the one of the largest. But you had Bitstamp, Coinbase, Gemini. No, I think a lot of the exchanges, I think what happened was a lot of the exchanges just froze things as an abundance of caution. They okay. saw things were up and they didn't know, you know, which way consensus might go. Because when you have a chain split, you have two possibilities, right? Um, I don't know if there was actually a chain split here. I think they just crashed. Yeah, but either way, my understanding is the exchanges stopped because of an abundance of caution. Um, if you're running, a, if you're doing Ethereum on an exchange, I assume they're running multiple clients uh, because there's all these different clients. But, uh, you know, this is just, this is the shitcoin liability you have when when you're covering these things as exchanges. I don't, uh, yeah. And I think another important thing to highlight here too is like the difference between soft forks and hard forks. Like they're literally forcing all the important companies and users that that want to use a full node to to upgrade, so that they can merge the code that they want to merge, and it it just shows that it creates the possibility for. A large disruption like we've seen today. I don't even know if um, everything's been fixed and things are back to normal. Everybody but it kind of shows like, it. Show, it I think the real big takeaway is that it shows that this idea of having like multiple, multiple clients being used, being more censorship resistant and more robust than having like a single reference client, which is, is, is a common criticism we get a lot about in Bitcoin land is that you have this, this, this reference client, Bitcoin core, that is used by the overwhelming majority of, of nodes, uh, especially economic nodes in the Bitcoin network. And Ethereum people and, and shit corners in general often use that as an argument against saying it's not decentralized and there should be multiple clients. But in this case, you know, Geth is basically the reference client of Ethereum. Um, and well, what kind of a, what kind of robustness or censorship resistance does adding open Ethereum or whatever on as a client into the network do if it crashes and you don't count it as part of Ethereum anyway, right? You're going with the reference client to begin with. So it's just like, it's lipstick on a pig, this idea that these extra clients, these other clients actually give you any kind of additional censorship resistance or robustness. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because like if you're running Geth, you just had no idea. I mean, you're fine. Yeah. Is anything? Well, I'm trying to steal this. Is, this this is, is too much ETH talk. Do you like knots? Do you like Libitcoin? You think they're important? I I think I think that if there's a chain split and you know Bitcoin Core goes one way and one of those smaller ones goes another way, the the chain that's going to have consensus after the fork is going to be the Bitcoin cores. And whether you like it or not, that's going to be the case. Like fucking 90% of the economy runs on it. Yeah, I agree. It's just the reality of the situation. Um, Again, keep steel manning this. So how is, uh, how is Bitcoin still decentralized with that taking into consideration? Well, because no one can force us to update our clients. They've merged they've they merged taproot into into bitcoin core they haven't packaged the actual binary the install file yet but people like ben 
uh, the Carmen have already built from source and are running it, right? Um, but presumably, all all actors in the network have a have the ability to not update their software, right? We don't have to run it if we don't want to. Yeah, and then you're making the point that I originally made, right? Like that is the beauty of Bitcoin. It's opt in. Right, but you have that compatible. Yeah. Um, like that's a, that is not necessarily unique to Bitcoin, but this idea this idea that multiple clients provide substantial censorship resistance is is kind of bullshit. Well, um, isn't it unique to Bitcoin in a sense that's the priority and the preferred? No, one? I would say I would say that most shit coins have at least adopted the rule of no auto updates. Um, some some will you know most 99% have centralized actors that that basically peer pressure everyone or economic pressure everyone into updating right but at least we don't see many that have auto updates there are some shit of the shit that have auto updates right um but like the 15 people that are running ethereum nodes are going to manually update their nodes yeah but would isn't this hard fork like a forced up I don't know, Marty. I'm not really following it that well. Either am I. Um, I was planning on talking about it on Rabbit Hole Recap. Uh, well, okay. I'm in my own little Bitcoin bubble. Well, considering, again, the, the activation of Taproot and the way that's happened, I think this was a great... Dichotomy. Dichotomy, exactly. Um, let, how's Austin, Marty? I'm jealous that you're down there and I'm not. Vibes are high. Vibes are real high. The Bitcoin scene down here... Uh, it's what New York used to be. They're winning. They are winning. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen last night I had dinner with three New York Bitcoiners, that, uh, two of which are down here now, permanently one who's thinking about coming down here permanently. Um, it was great catching up with that. It was funny. I was like, we've met before in person up in New York and just did it now down in Austin. Um, it seems like the, the shelling point of Bitcoin mindshare in meat space is, is meeting here in Austin. Uh, I got lunch with Ryan Gentry the other day, um, had some tacos with him talking lightning. He's explaining the scene. I met up with Gladstein, um, got a drink with him. He was in town. Um, he went on Lex Friedman's podcast. We talked about that. Uh, somebody drew a picture of us. I'm sure some of you freaks have seen. It was a very good picture. Very flattering for me. Um, not so much for Alex, but I guess you know, Alex and I are what? now. <laughs> was it like a street artist? Yeah. Um, we, yeah, we were just having drinks in the back of a bar and somebody woke up, walked up to us and was like, hey, I drew a picture of you. I was like, oh, thank you. That's right. awesome. Yeah. I'm uh, very jealous. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I guess I there's like almost maybe over 200 people are going to be at BitDevs today. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if we can all fit in Unchained Capital's offices. Uh, there's some skepticism about what uh, what's going to happen there. People are going to have to get on people's shoulders or there's just going to be overflow outside and not everybody's going to be able to participate. But regardless, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I mean, you know, like a lot of the New York Bitcoiners are are in town, flew down. I'm, from I'm aware. I, I got... Uh... I got reprimanded by multiple people for not for not joining. I mean, I reprimanded. I, I've been telling you to, yeah. to book a flight to this for months now. You so, can't make it though. You can't make it. What are you gonna do? There's always there's always next month, right? It does. It is a good vibe down here. Uh, I like the weather. Yeah, we decided to come down here, check things out, maybe move down here, just uh, getting a lay of the land. 
but it's good for us. We're coming down here 12th to the 25th, and hopefully when we get back to New Jersey, uh, the weather will be like managed. It's like that weird weather time in the Northeast, as you know, where like it's rain, it's hot, then it's cold, it's windy. Um, just trying to avoid that as much as possible. Hopefully we get back and it's like low 70s. And are you, are you referring to the spring, Marty? Yes. Well, Northeast spring. I fucking love Northeast spring. I'm fucking popping right now. I, I, don't, I don't like the, the... It gets me bullish as fuck. The volatility of the temperature. Just, like I'm, I'm an allergy guy. It messes with me. It messes with my throat. Um, I prefer I preferred summer. I'm a summer guy. Beach guy. What's the weather like today? Is it raining? Huge well? Northeast <laughs> Spring Maxi. So we can agree to disagree on that one. What's the weather like today? Oh, it's horrible and, and rainy. But uh, yesterday was very bullish. Oh, yeah. Was it, uh, was it hot? Yeah, it was like a nice hot sunny day. And like when you're in the city, like the skirts come out and everyone's on the street. Mm-hmm. And now now at least like one good thing, I guess, like the one of the only good things we have going for us now is like open container laws are fine. Like they just disregard the open containers. Yeah, that's but, uh, uh that's yeah, I, I just like this weather. It just always puts me in a good mood after the darkness of the winter. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I love the the sundress season days where, where they all come out. Um, but again, the volatility. You can have a sundress season day, and then at five o'clock the weather turns and everybody's like wearing shorts and a t-shirt. It gets like way too cold and everybody's like, Lower your time oh. preference. What, how, what do you mean? You <laughs> there's volatility. You know, there's yeah. volatility, but the weather trends up in the spring. Yeah, it does. It is upward trending. It is an upward tra- up into the right trajectory with the volatility. Uh, speaking of which, we broke out of the the consolidation phase. It feels like we've been hovering in the low 60s for many days now, which feels good. Uh, we were above 70 on BISC, but but I guess we didn't get the live launch in time. I tried to. I ninja launched on myself. I tried. I tried my best. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's look. I I have been feeling immense FOMO. Uh, like Capsodel is is in full effect right now. Uh, I feel bullish as fuck. Take that as you will. No, I do as well. I do as well. It's hard not to be bullish right now. It seems again. Let's let's jump to the CIA comments. What did you what did you think of those? Do you even have those on the list? The CCI comments? No, the CIA director. Um, wrote it. He wrote it for the CCI. Oh, he did. Okay. The Crypto Council for Innovation. Yeah, I don't like. I didn't. I didn't like it. So the Crypto Council for Innovation is what we talked about last week. It was formed last, last week. week. Um, and what is it? It's Square, Fidelity, Coinbase, Paradigm. Yes. And Paradigm's leading through chain analysis. Coinbase has their own chain analysis competitor. A lot of Bitcoiners are rightfully skeptical. Um, a lot of people who love engagement more than they love Bitcoin, have, you know, post extremely bullish things about it uh, without being skeptical because you get more engagement that way. Um, and really, like everything else in life, it should be somewhere in the middle, uh, right? You should be healthily skeptical, but at the same time, hope that, you know, the loose incentives are aligned enough that these big companies 
will help us more than they hurt us, right? But always keep them honest, always have, you know, always be ready to to stand the fuck up, right? Um, so, so the main purpose, it appears, they told us the main purpose of CCI is to lobby the government, right? For favorable, quote unquote, crypto regulation. Um, and the first thing they did was we got this, this uh, report from ex-CIA director, right? Uh, Michael Mosier, I think is his name. Um, and basically the premise of the report, he, he leaned a lot on chain analysis data, um, which is one of the investment companies of a CCI member um, to say that there's not much illicit activity happening on Bitcoin and that Bitcoin is overwhelmingly um, a force for good and, and the US government should treat it as such, um, which I think is a lot of Bitcoiners took away as a rightfully positive message, right? This is something that, you know, is a good thing to champion. Um, I do agree that the overwhelming usage of Bitcoin is for non quote unquote illicit use. Um, the, I mean, it depends whose perspective it is. If it's from a dictator, then they might say the whole thing's illicit use because they don't like free movement of money, but that's what it is. Um, now, uh, the nuance take is there's a part of there's a part of this report where he like basically states um, that chain surveillance allows them to have full control and access to all everything on Bitcoin. So they'll be able to police any kind of criminal activity. And he specifically referenced a very hyperbolic reference. He, he, he said that it's going to be the same way that Osama bin Laden no longer used cell phones after he realized that America could listen to his calls. So he basically, he, he basically said like, don't worry, we're going to do the same kind of global warrantless surveillance that we've done with every other network with Bitcoin. That's why Bitcoin's good. Um, but I, I, that's not true though. Even, even today, when we talk about my issues with, with using Bitcoin privately, it's for like the average user. Like if you're a sophisticated criminal, you can use it relatively privately already. Um, so I feel like he's not intentionally misleading people. I think he's just ignorant. Just, he only has a surface level understanding of this shit. Yeah. Well, I was highly skeptical, highly skeptical of this. Number one, ex-CIA director. CIA is an evil organization. I mean, Gulf of Tonkin. Um, they, they've experimented with uh, people in the past with, uh, with vaccines, particularly in Missouri. Uh, they, uh, MK Ultra. CIA is not uh, like... I don't trust CIA as far as I I, I can throw them. Marty trained his son on CIA. Whenever he hears CIA, he starts yeah, crying. He cries. He knows it's like a scream. So somebody comes helps. Me. <laughs> um, but so that's how I skeptical. Like, yeah, like so the, the language of his note made it so like yeah, Bitcoin like criminals won't be able to use Bitcoin. We'll be able to find them, which is again like you, you described. Number one, it's wrong. They, they can attain privacy, but 
too. Like, is that the posturing that the lobbying towards the the government is going to be moving forward? Like, are they going to attempt to make it so companies can track everybody? And if they can't track them, they can't interact with those individuals. You know, and, well, and that, the wrong, oh yeah, go on. Well, like the point I'm trying to make is like, if Bitcoin doesn't work for criminals, Bitcoin doesn't work. Right. I mean, like if, 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 if the U.S. government can stop uh, some criminal from using it, uh, some alleged criminal from using it, then a dictator can presumably stop uh, like a refugee or a protester from using it, right? It's the same argument as encryption. Um, and, but, but, but anyway, but the, the thing that rubbed me the wrong way is it, it really felt like, and our, our boy and uh, freak, uh, Raphael Jacobi mentions this a lot, is, is this idea that chain analysis basically lobbied for an issue. They created this problem this idea of illicit Bitcoin usage. Then they said, don't worry, we can solve this and we can make sure that there's no illicit Bitcoin usage, but you have to use our service and you have to pay us a subscription fee. It feels like that lobbying is going straight to the US government from the ex-CIA director through this corporate lobbyist group, the CCI, that has two companies that are heavily involved in the chain surveillance business. Um, and it feels that that should be a concern to people, in my opinion. Like, yeah. like many people talk about the Trojan horse, like sailors trying to Trojan horse Bitcoin into the mainstream by just saying like posturing, like, hey, it's only a treasury asset and we'll button up. This seems like a Trojan horse from the opposite direction um, to, to implant chain surveillance and make it harder to use Bitcoin. Like again, if Bitcoin doesn't work for criminals, it doesn't work. Like it has to be a peer to peer distributed cash system that cannot be censored by any third party. So I was not a fan of these ex CIA head comments. Everybody was like going crazy about it on Twitter too. Marty, it's because you get so much engagement if you just blindly say something is bullish. Like in a bull market, the nuanced takes get like fucking shit all for engagement and anyone who just and if you don't post a source like the twitter algo it's better to you and so so what happens what happens is in a bull market is you just get inundated with all this fucking noise that is that is hidden as that is mat masquerades as super bullish news it's the most bullish thing ever um and really like in this case it's probably just something to be aware of that doesn't really move the needle one way or the other, right? But uh, a lot of my pushback is because we saw all of that, oh, this is the most bullish thing ever kind of fucking things come out. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't like the CIA getting involved with Bitcoin. The ex-CIA director. The CIA is evil. You know, a lot of people think that's why JFK got murdered, because he wanted to abolish the CIA. He was pro-Bitcoin. Pro-Bitcoin. He wanted to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces and blow it into the wind. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Is it a reverse Trojan horse? I think. Uh, um, I don't like that posture. I don't like the posture. Bitcoin. To, the, all, to all the haters out there that aren't listening. Um, we are aware Cash App is our lead sponsor. And that oh Square, their parent company, is one of the leads for the CCI. Um, and as you can see here, 
we are more openly critical of their moves than 99% of Bitcoin media. So there's that. Yeah. Take it as you will. Uh, speaking, well, like it's funny, like here's another thing, Copa, uh, something started by Square too. They sued uh, Craig Wright for suing people for copyright infringement. Um, so I guess they're bringing a suit against Craig or, or lobbying to have a suit brought against him um, to to say he's making false copyright claims because he's not actually Satoshi. Could this backfire? Yeah, I... There was also a lot of bullish, bullish tweets about this one too. Um, I don't think it's a purely bullish headline, right? Yeah, like how could it back? Like there's so much nuance in the legal world and the like can't prove a, a negative, right? That's what yeah, I, 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 I think it's a net benefit that they're suing him. Um, I think as many people should sue him as possible and I don't want to do it. So if they're going to do it and they have deep pockets, then by all means. And, and to be fair, um, he sued multiple Alliance members before the Alliance went out and sued him. Um, and this was for hosting the white paper that he pretended he wrote and he's been pretending he wrote. And a lot of people in the community gave him protection for a long time and have never, um, to make culpa about it and admitted fault and called them out definitively and we still see you there's a lot of you out there we know who you are um the record doesn't lie so it is cool to see um a relatively newer entrant like square who is leading copa but it's a ton of companies are part of copa now it's this idea of this open they they, they accumulate patents together and they use them together defensively rather than aggressively against each other um so in that way, it's good. Uh, but at the same time, um, it's important to keep clear that, you know, Copa doesn't have the rights to the white paper either. They can rip that out of my dead hands. Are they claiming? I don't think they're claiming rights to it. Are no, they? they're not. They're not. But they're suing him, right? That's where the misgiving happens, right? Is that you have this centralized organization suing people for suing people, I guess. <sighs> Yeah, I guess, uh, and then the like the question is: Should the response be just ignore him and let him fade into obscurity and irrelevance? Like he was already yeah, going away in my mind. Or do you stand up? Like, because it is like a DDoS on. We can't ignore him. Yeah, you know? the ignoring try that like it's impossible. He won't. He won't. He won't let up. Yeah, it is. It is really annoying. And then you have like people like the Financial Times and stuff that give them platform. Yeah. You know, so hopefully something like this can, like if he's gonna attack, if he's gonna, he's like, he's been, he was attacking our, you know, our open source contributors. Yeah, one of the lead maintainers, Vladimir. Seriously considered stepping away. Yeah, I think, I think it's a strictly a net benefit, this COPA thing. I'm way more supportive of that aspect the CCI thing, I'm like super fucking skeptical of. Sketched out about. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think this is a net ben benefit as well, especially compared to the CCI thing. My main concern about Copa is is it does it does feel a little bit 
like an organization that can bully little companies into joining or being fucked. Um, which so kind of sucks, but I don't know how you avoid that. Yeah. So for the freaks out there who aren't aware what COPA is and what its initiative is, started by Square, uh, Matt, as Matt described, many more people have joined the alliance. Uh, it's basically a, a patent alliance uh, where people can put forth patents that they're creating to, to only be used in a defensive nature, um, never to to sort of create a but to join, you have to give all of your patents as a, as a, as in the defense pact. You can't keep any out. So all of your so-called crypto patents have to be a part of the alliance. And any member in that alliance is allowed to use them and you use them together. Yeah. I think what we're getting at here, though, like I, I like this, especially the thought behind it and like game theoretically, like playing it out. Maybe it can backfire to some degree with the incentives that it creates. But really, the underlying topic and point we should get here is that the IP laws are all fucked, right? Yeah, I think that's like where a lot of my issues lie, right? It's like people are getting sued and patents are happening and all this shit, right? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, like information wants to be free. And if you don't have the private keys, you have nothing. <laughs> and, and those two things obviate both of those two things, but that's not the world we live in, right? So because that's not the world we live in, we're going to have messy in-betweens in the process of, of hyper-Bitcoinization. And it is what it is. Yeah. Net, be net benefit skeptical of cci don't like the cia director trying to to force I like a narrative really on. hated like my whole feed just like being like pro him out of nowhere <laughs> right? just because like they had a bullish headline and it was only a bullish headline like if you actually read further than the headline he's like these chain surveillance companies are gonna make it so criminals can't use bitcoin it's like that's that means bitcoin doesn't work No bueno. More, yeah, uh, bull market fluff. I know you hate bull markets. More bull market fluff. Vanek Bitcoin, quote unquote Bitcoin ETF, DAPP. Doesn't hold Bitcoin directly. It's basically an ETF of stocks that um, are tangentially related to Bitcoin. Bitcoin mining stocks, Coinbase, Square, Pageant. So, so I put this on here because. Um, uh, historically, so first of all, freaks, like I'm not trying to put high, high noise things on the list. Uh, so I think this, there's signal here. And the, the cool part is, is so, so the US government won't allow like a proper Bitcoin ETF. There's like a bunch of people that have been trying. It's a meme. Bitcoin ETFs coming. We've heard this since the last cycle. Um, they won't allow an actual proper Bitcoin ETF, even though GBTC, which is a, a shitty version uh, that's attempting to be ETF like is almost past fucking GLD, the largest gold ETF. Um, but they allow this, right? Which allows you basically Vanek, major ETF providers. Uh, they have tons of ETFs. Uh, our boy Gabor is in charge of like their whole Bitcoin side of things. They allow them to, to do like Bitcoin companies in their ETF. One of the thresholds for this one they're including companies that hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet. So it's like a fucking Russian doll Bitcoin ETF. Like MicroStrategy is one of the holdings. Like if you look at the holdings, it's Galaxy Digital who holds Bitcoin, but like a lot of shit coins too, but they hold Bitcoin. Then it's Square who holds Bitcoin. Then it's Marathon that holds Bitcoin. Then it's Silvergate 
I don't think they own Bitcoin, but they're heavily involved. Then there's Riot, who owns Bitcoin. Then there's Voyager, have no idea who they are. Then there's MicroStrategy, which holds a little bit of Bitcoin. It just does a little bit, you know? So it's it's an interesting little uh, a, a little end around. And it just shows how bullshit the whole fucking system is. That, that like that's allowed, but a, a proper Bitcoin ETF isn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, I'm tired of the ETF stuff. Just buy Bitcoin. Like you, you don't need yeah. it. Same with Coinbase. Don't buy the stock. You don't need it. You can just buy Bitcoin. One thing I will say about Coinbase, we'll give them props. Uh, despite all the attention that was around their company and their app yesterday, their their app did not crash from what I can tell, which is uh, something that historically happens. Lowest bar ever. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll give that to them. Uh, should we go to the shout outs? Yeah, the first like, Before we do, like personally, like I would never own a Bitcoin ETF. Neither would um, I. The big argument has always been 401ks, and you should use our boy Vanju's service, and he's partnered with Unchained Capital uh, recently to make it even easier for you uh, to hold your own keys and you know have it in a tax efficient uh, form uh, if you're an American. Um, but at the same time, like this idea that we have all this, we're just, I feel like Bitcoiners are, their eye, our eyes are open to like all this garbage that people are served through our financial markets, right? And it's so corrupt. Like, like watching every IPO you watch is like the most corrupt process ever. And like we saw it again, like with Coinbase specifically, it's like it was a topic that we knew well, right? That we watched and we saw it unfold. And you really see like the whole corruption in, in, in just like how the insiders are just able to make so much fucking money. And this idea that like a Bitcoin ETF, just a very simple Bitcoin ETF, just a way to have exposure to the underlying Bitcoin is considered high risk and isn't allowed just shows like what a fucking garbage system it is. You know, it's just like such a perfect example of how bullshit it all is. Yeah. And speaking of Coin, Coinbase specifically, Got a story time. I went to a 30th birthday party over the weekend at a Top Golf, just ripping, uh, ripping drives. And at the end, uh, we were like sitting, having drinks, like at the bar at the Top Golf, and uh, one of my buddy's friends who I've never met before comes up to me, just puts his phone on my my face, and it's a Coinbase. And it's just like a, it's the first time I've seen the Coinbase app in person in years, and it's just like a list of shit coins. He's like, "What do you think about V Chain?" I'm like, I. Couldn't tell you two things about VeChain. I sat there and I had to sit through a VeChain pitch for like five minutes. And I just had to be like, you're talking to the wrong dude guy. Freaks, whatever Marty was just referring to, do not buy that shit. Um, no. but should we it, go for shout outs? We will. But before one last point, it was interesting that Bernie Madoff died yesterday. Um, as Coinbase IPO'd, it's like one scammer dying and phoenix rising in the, the coinbase my favorite was ether i i found out bernie i, I bernie i found out bernie madoff died uh because brecky von bitcoin tweeted out um bernie madoff died in prison based on pomp who didn't post a source based on zero hedge who didn't post a source based on me who didn't post a source <laughs> i saw the three the three tweets, three tweets down the line without a source. 
And that's just classic Twitter. Classic Twitter. Yeah. Do we say rest in peace, Bernie Mano? I mean, yeah, RIP. He's a person. Yeah. Hopefully you're redeemed for your sins, sir. I hope you contemplated uh, all the scamming you did while in prison. He was completely interconnected with this whole fucking system. He was, you know, very much a scapegoat in some ways. You know, a lot of people got off that knew. Um, and they, but I mean, he was the mastermind. Yeah. It was like a very well known, untalked about secret in the industry, correct? He was super well connected. Wasn't he like, he was the head of a bunch of like regulatory shit? Yeah. FINRA, I believe. He was on the board of a bunch of stuff. Fucking ridiculous. Well. Yeah. Um, really close with JP Morgan, from what I understand. You know, like if it was like 15 years ago, like he'd probably be lecturing you about why KYC is important. Like that's the type of dude he was. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, rest in peace. We're trying How to get did away. he die? Yeah, he's 82. I think he just died of natural causes. Well, are we sure? Like uh, we got Zorn 101 in the, in the comments saying uh, Madoff did not kill himself. <laughs> I don't know. Where are Madoff conspiracies? What are they? Was, I don't have the comments open this week. What What are the conspiracies? Was Zorn he... says Epstein killed Madoff. <laughs> I could I could imagine that there's some conspiracies that he's going to spill the beans and some stuff. <laughs> that's that's an easy um, one to to ponder. I uh, heard he had like a super cushy job and like in prison he like had uh, medical marijuana and stuff and like everything was really nice and cushy for him. Yeah, Bernie Madoff was chairman of NASDAQ. <laughs> like, this idea that, like, it was isolated to just him is, like, the most ridiculous fucking thing ever. Shout out to Rad Vladdy in the comments coming through with that nice little snippet. Yeah, it was crazy how many people lost my... Cause I remember one of the Phillies pitchers, like, had a bunch of money invested with him. I think it was not, not Corey Lytle. Corey Lytle was the guy who flew a plane into a building in uh, New York accidentally. My grandmother's friends had like all of their life savings in with Bernie and, and now they like drive, they drive cabs, they drive like black cars. They're fucking in their eighties. They're a couple in their eighties, like super fucking sad. That's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people committed suicide after that. They put all their, all their eggs in his basket. Um, He was running a Ponzi scheme. That's why we Bitcoins. We don't have to hold funds with Bernie Madoffs of the world. You can just store your wealth in a scarce digital good and uh, that is expected to to pump forever, as Matt O'Dell would say. Uh, you don't have it's to go It's a Ponzi for world. the people by the people. <laughs> it, it's not a It's part. actually more of a pyramid scheme because there's no, there's no Ponzi at the top. Yes, yes. <laughs> I like the way uh, Mencius Goldbug described Bitcoin as a bubble. Money is a bubble. But a good bubble. Well, good money is a good bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Should we hit him with the shout outs? We should hit him with the shout outs. It's a funny one. Uh, apparently, <laughs> this is hilarious, actually. Apparently, the person who sent the hex code, like, actually didn't want to read it to me. They were trying to make a point, which I, I understand. Like, I've. I, oh, they I've made known, a point. I've, I've known about this for, uh, for quite a while. Um, DJ, if you're listening, listen to this point. The previous hex was to prove how easy it is to spam the spam. There's no limit in this text field. I can go on forever and deny all the other freaks from your content. Danger. I actually didn't expect it to, it to be read in full. So ridiculously long, but you performed good work. I think we'll verify soon. 
previous shout out TXID. Um, so he, he shared the transaction ID of that shout out um, so I can verify that it was actually him that paid well, for that's it. That's fakeable. How? I guess it's not that fakeable. He, he should have signed have, a message. He well, would, he would have yeah, to have access to our message. BTC pay server. Right. So it could be DJ fucking with us. That's true. Um, but anyway, I mean, we have a transaction fee to reduce spam. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you want, I mean, if you want to spam and pay us while you're doing it, it's, I want to consider that spam, right? I would not consider. I mean, one man's spam is another man's fucking proper transaction, right? I don't believe in spam as long as you pay the proper fee. I thought, I thought that was one of the best shoutouts I've ever heard on Rabbit Hole Recap. Period. A lot of controversy um, around it. I think that was like peak shout out right now. Like I, is it the top in? Definitely not for Bitcoin, maybe for shout outs. I saw some freaks talking about sending in a shout out that would, uh, we, we would broadcast the transaction via, via shout out. Uh, please. That's kind of that. cool. That's going to be way too long. <laughs> oh, oh, you verbally. Yes. Yeah. No, Marty has already said that he's not going to do that again. So. Yeah, and it, yeah, and don't like try to get around it in a roundabout way by doing you a should. transaction broadcast instead of a hexadecimal. Hundred percent. Just you should constantly try and beat the system, freaks. That's why we're here. <laughs> okay, Matt, I'm gonna read the shout out now. Okay, Matt, are you ready? No, Matt, are oh, you yeah, ready? ready? Are you ready? One sec. No, this is a shout out. I'm reading the shout out now. Wait, has the whole thing been? You're ready? What I just said is part of the shout out. Okay, okay continue. Thank you, Freak. Next shout out. Hold on. Okay, I'm done with the shout out. Next one. This is from from our boy Marty Bent. Should I read it? Should I read it? Well, I don't is this part of the shout out? I don't know. I'm like, are, says, are we please, in shout out? Please don't read the shout out. Should How I still many read shout it? outs have we done so far? Should I? Have we done is this part of the shout out? That was the shout out. Yeah, this guy had like a script for me to confuse you. I dig it. How many shout outs was that? Uh, we're two in. Okay. I think we might only have two this week, actually. Which That's thinking. a pretty good shout out. Right? I was confused. I was too when, um, when it originally came. And I was like, oh, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, two shout outs this week. Um, I think that may be a product of the fact that our BTC pay server was down for a few days. Um, had to get that back up. So, two shout outs. Thank you, freaks. We loved the shout out section. That last one was very creative. To the freak who sent that one, we I think we got Matt. I yeah, I'm still confused. Did we read the shoutouts? We did, we did. That one, that was the shout out. I appreciate you, freaks. Thank you. It's uh yeah, you he, make it worth it. He was trying to troll you with that one. He or she could have been a woman as well. Or they. Or they. Or Azir. Um. All right, we're short list this week, man. I've got something I want to add to the list, though. It's about our good friends of the Financial Action Task Force. Um, we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> Software updates, BTC, of course you do. RPC Explorer version 3.0 has been released. Anything you want to talk about here? We, we, I, we haven't read uh, uh, it's, it's a It's a secret dope project that's in pretty much every one of the node packages uh, if you want to use your own uh, Bitcoin Explorer. So cheers to that. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't seen this uh, on the update, the software updates list ever. Well, this was a major release, 3.0. So it's new designs. They got dark mode redesigned. More performant. 
support for prune nodes and nodes with the disabled TX index. Um, shout out to Sheshek for that. Mempool summary improvements, mining summaries. Yeah, seems pretty pretty major. Major refactoring, modernization, and code reuse improvements. Shout out to everybody working on that. Making node UX better, getting more information to to node operators. This I thought this was pretty big, but I want to defer to you. The treasure suite update. Like, aren't did I? No, what you think is big hasn't been released yet. Yeah, the the thread that they posted, right? Right. So treasure suite just updated. It, but it, what are the change? You have the notes in front of you. I can't because. Yeah. So the Zoom got, sucks uh, for screen share. Yeah, so the focus on this release is to make sure that everything is primed and ready for Treasure Suite to leave its beta phase and become the main interface for managing your Treasure device. Um, so you got new design for accounts. It's uh, like basically not that big of an update. No, but the thread. Right. So Treasure about. Suite is historically in the past, Treasure has used a web wallet, wallet.treasure.io. The default when you bought a Treasure hardware wallet was you used the web wallet, the website. Um, Ledger, their main competitor, especially in the shitcoin landscape, has has their own applications. They have Ledger Live. They have it on computer and they have it on phone. So Trezor needed to catch up to that. So they released Trezor Web Suite. Uh, Trezor Suite, not Web Suite. And that's a native application on your computer that manages your Trezor, right? And one of the first things they did was they added native Tor, which is really good to see. So even though they can, even though you still use Trezor's node when you use it, if you go through Tor, at least they won't have your IP address. They have your addresses. They know the addresses are connected to each other. They know your transactions, but they don't know your IP address. So presumably they remove that one personal piece of information, which is a net benefit. They released a whole thread the other day where they said they were going to add easy full node support, uh, which is what we're seeing Ledger do now as well, which is really good to see. Um, coin control. It's been a fucking long time. Yeah. Where the fuck has coin control been? I'm, I'm glad that's coming. If, if, in the meantime, you can use your treasure with Electrum or Wasabi and have coin control um, or, Spectre. or Spectre with Bitcoin Core and have coin control um, and coin join. And they kind of just put coin join in a tweet Right. Uh, and and people ask them, you know, what implementation you're going to use, how you're going to do it. They're like, wait and see. Like, we'll show you. So these are important things. I want all of these things in Treasure Suite. Um, I just don't want to blow too much smoke up their ass until they actually ship something. Like, I've I've gotten false promises on on these things for such a long time that I'm just so broken. Broken? You're broken? I just I'm 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 a I'm a realist about it and I I will believe it when it ships. It's the same way I treat shit coins. You know, like don't ask me about some like hypothetical magical shit coin uh until they at least ship. They should at least have a fucking chain up. No, I agree. I agree. I'm not gonna laud too much praise on them until it is shipped, but that would be awesome and full node support so you don't have to send your transaction and address information to their servers uh coin control like you said where the hell has it been that should be easier implemented yeah it should be standard that with labeling be, yeah it's like 
there's no excuses, and it is like infuriating. It's like, all right, you're gonna support support all these shit coins, uh, but you're not gonna have coin control. They support like, sixteen hundred shit coins. Like the the amount of technical debt and engineering resources that are wasted by supporting all those shit coins is it's sad to think what what could could be produced if if uh, the cold card. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, and CoinJoin, I'm <laughs> do you think they're going to roll their own implementation? Do you think they're? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. They could they could roll the shittiest CoinJoin ever, and it's still a net benefit for the space. So I commend them on that. Like I, I like if if Trezor is widely used, like their web their their suite, whatever their wallet, the software side is probably one of the most used pieces of software in the Bitcoin space. Like people underestimate how much Ledger and Trezor have in terms of market share among normies, especially. Um, so so if, if we can get them on board the CoinJoin train, if we can get Ledger on board the CoinJoin train, build it directly into their native fucking clients. Um, obviously, I'd prefer if it was well thought out and we had shared liquidity pools um, where they 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 actually bought into the liquidity pools and it's really cool because samurai actually thought of that ahead of time um their whole system is set up so these players can easily integrate into the liquidity pools and get a cut of the fees so they have an incentive to actually fucking do it um because of where samurai sits among the community i'm highly doubtful that that treasure or ledger will integrate with their liquidity pools uh but my point is is like i don't even fucking care anymore like if we just have we have more coin join usage by more normal users, the less hardcore users, net benefit. I don't fucking care uh, if it's bad or implementation or not. I would agree there. Just getting more people acquainted with just the concept of a coin join and the fact that they should be thinking about it as a net benefit at the end of the day, yeah, correct? Hundred percent. And 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 coin control is a massive benefit. Uh, Tor is a pretty big benefit, and then full node use is another massive benefit uh, in terms of using Bitcoin privately. So they seem to be in the correct direction, um, and I want to support that. And we will keep talking about you, Trezor, if you continue down this path. Uh, we will dedicate so much time to you on this podcast, so just keep going down that path. Yes, keep going down that path. And speaking of this path, not on the list, but... I. I just thought to bring it up, something I wrote about last weekend. Did you see that MIT hackathon around um, PayJoin? Yeah, that was pretty cool. They had the te the the PayJoin uh, mobile PayJoin implementation beta or uh, you know uh, test product. Yeah. So Onion Onion seventy eight, I believe, is the implementation. I forget the, the exact wallet. Um, no, they like created it. It was a yeah. fresh. It was a. It was. It was just a straight pay join implementation on mobile. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what really impressed me with this is what is the the biggest knock on mobile pay joins? Well, Samurai has mobile pay joins. Yeah, and no, they're they, pretty. They've, they've, they've been used away. more. They've still away. But what is the biggest knock? That, I mean, the big... have, that both people have to have their phones open and the software running at the same time, correct? Right. It has to be hot, right? And, that, and the one thing I really was impressed with this particular hackathon is like the use of UX and UI communication within the app to make it very obvious, right? Like if you're sending this, if you're receiving uh, Bitcoin in this way, you have to keep your phone open. 
and people are like, oh, that's that's just, like this will never be scalable because everybody has to keep their well, their phone open and their app open while it's going on. But like you can communicate these things with design. That's the point I'm trying to make. Like a good design can make these experiences better. Yeah, I mean, I think I think, uh, and 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 Samurai made great strides with that recently because they switched from QR code based to the like. There's a P2P Tor connection that happens. They're calling that Soraban. Soraban. Yeah. Um, and they open that up so other wallets can add to that. But once again, other wallets aren't going to add it because it is what it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I think look, I think PayJoin excels in two situations. Um, you're paying a merchant, which we've seen a lot of push for that, uh, especially with this new standard, the P2EP standard, um, where, where like you pay a BTC pay merchant. We have this enabled on our store. And that BTC pay merchant is obviously always online anyway, because it's a fucking BTC pay server. And if, if we need to do lightning anyway, we're already going to have a hot wallet, right? So that's like a perfect candidate. And then the second candidate, which is the one Samurai kind of cornered in the early on, they realized this pretty early, is like, if I'm paying you in person, obviously we're both online, right? Like if I'm next to you, if I'm next to you, or, or even if I'm not next to you, like right now I need to pay you and you're in Austin, I'll be like, Marty, I'm going to pay you. And you open, you open the app and, and we do that communication and I pay you, right? Like that's not, that, that's not too much of a reach to ask for the receiver to to just approve it on there. Basically, that's that's what you need. You need the approver, you need the receiver to like press the approve button on their side to share an input and create it, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think that's the point I wanted to make with this is like you can use design and communication within these apps to make that obvious and reduce the chance of failed transactions. And I think people have made it out to be a UX problem that cannot be overcome. But I think what the, the hackathon proved is like you can communicate these with users and users will adapt if the design pushes them and nudges them in that direction um which makes me extremely bullish on these types of privacy my issue marty is is we we have the capability we need developers to fucking stand up and not be scared of implementing privacy focused things do you think they're scared or just lazy I, the, the question push. is, is, is we have many good bit Bitcoin mobile wallets now, and we didn't three years ago. We have many good Bitcoin mobile wallets now. Um, there's like almost none of them are offering privacy focused features. Why? And, and I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not offering those things. Uh, I don't have a fucking wallet that I'm offering those things, but the, the question comes down to why. And the reason is because I think is that a lot of people are, a lot of developers, a lot of teams are scared to implement these things. They don't want to implement them. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But like, that's what was interesting about this hackathon. You're seeing developers who aren't afraid. It was a hackathon. Yeah. Right? True. It was like, like, and specifically, it was Casa engineers. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. So when does Casa add pay join? When does Casa add coin join? Right. When does Casa add? Casa has added coin control last I checked, um, which was dope. I'm very happy they did that. Um, when do they add labeling to their coin control? 
so that in 10 years I know what the fucking differences are anyway. Yeah. Let's put the pressure on freaks. Demand it. If you are a user of these products. Oh, Ben, Ben, the Carmen saying they were chain case devs, which is dope. I mean, chain case has actually pushed fucking shit. They have, uh, their own version of wasabi forked for mobile. Yeah. Um, I, I believe they're the chief security ben, officer of Casa was part of the hackathon team too. Right. Cause I only saw it cause of lop. Yeah. Um, Lop was bragging, Ben, for the record. We have Ben the Carmen in the comments. Lop, I've got I've got egg on my face because of you, Jameson. Why? That that M1 chart that he posted and he has on his website. It's wrong. The crypto voices guys have it right. Bitcoin's actually higher in terms of uh, global currencies in terms of M1 money stock. It's at like number six right now, potentially number five. He includes like Spain, Germany, Italy, and France in that that list, but they should all be under the euro. Um, so I wrote a, a whole newsletter on it, and I should have known, Marty, because I've been following the uh, the crypto voices. Don't trust verify, Marty. I know I didn't verify. It was in it was, I was it was the travel day when I came down here uh, to Austin. It was like late, and I was just trying to get something out and. I, I wrote in haste. I'm sorry, freaks. Anybody read that? It was misinformation, spreading misinformation. And yeah, how good does the BISC price look though? Oh, approaching 73k. 12.24 percent premium right now. I feel like Tales from the Crypt is is a failure if if live RHR doesn't pump the BISC price. Pump it. Uh, it's not very liquid, freaks. If you care, you'd pump it live. Yeah. And. I love all you freaks. I love all you freaks to give shout outs to say that we, we don't pump bisque. Like it's literally the whole, the bisque price has been on, on the screen the whole time. Use best. Uh, Bra Braj is telling me that, that Casa has now added labeling. Um, to be clear freaks, uh, when Casa was a sponsor, I paid out of pocket for a Casa platinum membership to make sure that it was a decent product for you freaks. Um, I came to the conclusion that it was a decent product as long as you were willing to trust them with your privacy. And then I proceeded to never use their wallet and I paid the full price for that. Um, which at the time was like fucking 30 million sats or something. It's like $1,800. I don't even know. I don't want to know exactly what the Bitcoin price was when I did it. Um, but just for the record, that that's how I know what's going on with that wallet. And I, canceled that subscription when they canceled their sponsorship and uh that was a little bit ago so there you go yes yes more egg on my face i want to start an epic thread particularly on kyc aml leaks and not only in the bitcoin space but beyond just to prove and drive home the fact that KYC AML data collection does more harm than good and puts many, many, many millions, hundreds of millions of individuals around the world, billions of people around the world in harm's way um, as their very sensitive, intimate, personal data gets leaked to the internet because these companies, governments, whatever it may be, are piss poor at actually securing the data and they're they're forcing you to give it over. So you're, you're caught between a rock and a hard place in a, a lot of cases and it's just bad for humanity overall uh i wanted to start a thread to document this and i picked an alleged 
Paxville KYC leak, leak that uh, Ray Pack Ray is a uh, Yusef is is claiming to be fake. Egg on my face again. Uh, I don't think that's egg on your face. I think it's still a cautionary tale. Um, I mean, it was alleged five million uh, KYC documents. Uh, Paxful is a full KYC service. I I appreciate them that they focus on emerging markets. Um, but they're 100% a KYC service. It is what it is. They operate within the laws that are given to them. Um, to this point, we have two sides of the story, and there's no way for us to prove it either way. Um, so you should just assume that any KYC documents you fucking give to any of these companies, including our sponsors, will be leaked eventually. You should just assume that because you can't verify anything anyway. That's the only thing that's safe to assume. And it's important to realize uh, when you have something like the ledger leak, there was a million people that had email addresses only leaked. There was like, uh, there was a subset of those that had full names and addresses leaked, but there was the, the overwhelming majority was emails only. You mix that with other leaks and, and an attacker has all that other information, right? Like if, 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 LinkedIn gets hacked and your email address is in there with your address and your, your name and your fucking photo and where you went to school and your fucking mother's maiden name and all your fucking intimate fucking information, the hacker, the, any malicious person can connect those two databases together. Easy peasy. It's, it's, it's the Excel document shit. Yeah. I mean, process of elimination, combining disparate hacks. It's really, again, dangerous. It does more harm than good. And this is actually a good segue into the, the FATF topic that I wanted to bring in to this episode. And there's basically a gentleman by the name of uh, Simon Lelliveld. Lelliveld? Lelliveld. I'm going with Lelliveld. Um, who's been trying to make the case that, that FATF is actually uh, like an, unlaw an unlawful organization. So he's saying a follower from academic circles reached out to me to confirm that the Financial Action Tax Force is indeed not a legal entity. Um, so his, again, one lawyer saying this, but confirming that the OECD provides the secretariat to the Financial Action Task Force and the Financial Action Task Force has no legal personality in France as an association or otherwise. So we're taking guidelines from an organization that isn't even a legal entity around all this KYC AML data collection that, that we've been talking about at nauseum since this podcast started. Uh, and this is like where the, the guidelines for all these large corporations and governments emanate from this weird, obscure task force that started in France, apparently, but according to a lawyer in France, there's no legal entity within France um, known as the financial action task force. You're staring at me what's up i mean like marty like the world isn't fair i know, you know like i'm not saying like it's we fair. have we it's have fair. corrupt we have corrupt fucking bureaucrats ruling everything around us um unelected i i i appreciate whoever this guy was letting us know that this is another corrupt bureau bureaucracy um that is like 
breaking laws I, like what it, it it means nothing to me to me it's just like it's just more bullshit that we have to deal with it it it, it doesn't there's no nothing actionable there you know well maybe the action is better educating the populace around the fact that this is an unelected body of bureaucrats that right. <laughs> make these guidelines that eventually most of the time get implemented by corporations and governments that actually have effect on end users like ourselves at the end of the day. And maybe, hey, the first part of solving a problem is what? Identifying a problem and highlighting a problem. Most people right. are like, oh, they're, they're elected. Uh, we have to listen to them. It's like, no, actually, they're not. They're not leading them. Uh, and we're letting them create this, this surveillance system that's actually putting billions of people in harm's way. With all this data collection yeah i mean i agree it's 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 it, the status quo is fucked up freaks yeah don't uh don't bend the knee to the status quo fight back fight back and you know who's doing that our boy gladstein he's starting a bi-weekly column at bitcoin magazine that's probably the thing we were discussing when that gentleman drew a picture of us uh on Tuesday night, um, and his first column, he's gonna be doing this every other week, uh, is Bitcoin is a Trojan horse for freedom. Um, so he's been on here describing that. He's, he's got uh, a long- See his new meme, FGU? Freedom go up, baby. <laughs> FGU. Um, um, so he's gonna be doing this column every Wednesday, I believe. Uh, no, 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 so bi-weekly is a tragedy of English. Uh, no one knows when you say bi-weekly whether you mean twice a week or every two weeks. That'd be semi-weekly. Bi-weekly can mean every uh, twice a week. If I it? recall correctly, during the conversation, he's gonna be, he said every other week. Right, he's doing it every two weeks. Yeah. That is what he is doing. Yeah. But I think bi-weekly could be both. No, it's semi. Semi-weekly versus bi-weekly? Yeah. Okay, well, either way, I mean... It's 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 gonna be every two weeks. This is a fantastic partnership. You know, we love Gladstein. So Yeah. Um, I mean, he's on the front lines pushing this stuff forward, fighting for privacy. I mean <laughs> that like in terms of like having an ally in the privacy front in like the Human Rights Foundation, like you have them openly advocating for Bitcoin privacy technology and uh funding it as well, funding developers working on it. And if you want to play to the emotions of skeptical no-coiners uh, and, and friends who are like, oh, it's too private, like criminals and drug dealers can use it, just point them towards the Human Rights Foundation, the work they're doing to fund privacy development within Bitcoin and why they're doing it too. Like Matt said earlier, criminals can use it privately, yes, but also refugees and people escaping these despotic regimes sorry i got the baby screaming in the background freaks no i mean i mean the baby heard despotic regimes and couldn't help himself <laughs> yeah um i i mean look this is an organization i 100 percent support uh gladstein at the helm over there as their chief strategy officer uh has been massive in my opinion i mean he's become a close friend he's a freak you know i would you had dinner with him the other day and drinks and he, uh, he was actually telling me the CEO of HRF is becoming more and more orange-pilled 
Of course he is. Like, can you, or she? Can you imagine dealing with Gladstein all the time and not be? That'd be like dealing with us all the time and not be. Like, it's ridiculous. He's probably incessant about it. He's probably fucking annoying. I, I, I heard a rumor that Piquentino may have her ear as well. Uh, which... I do like uh, in the comments, we have Jeff Teague saying that he should have used the term fortnightly for every two weeks. Fort, what yes, do we think I mean, about fortnightly? I mean, fortnightly. I mean, it's very it's very specific every two weeks. Fortnight is two weeks. Right. Yeah, every fortnight. Um, but in general, I mean, I think this is just another case of Bitcoin Magazine the team over there, this new growing team of plebs, just fucking completely turning around that organization. I mean, this this is a uh, very fan, very good for Bitcoin. We needed we needed we needed an, uh, a a proper fucking news organization to actually care about Bitcoin rather than like crypto blockchain bullshit. Um, oh, dude, and just and it. just the turnaround over there with that team has just been absolutely amazing to watch. And yes, disclosure, I've been consulting for them, but that just means I have a front row seat at this fucking turnaround, and it's been fucking gorgeous. So cheers to everyone over there. Yeah, dude, I just did a like virtual conference panel on Bitcoin mining energy consumption. I took it to one of the uh, Diginomics guys, whatever it's called. Um, that week publication that always comes at Bitcoin mining and the energy it uses. But dude, like between, like we got into the Zoom call early, everybody on my panel, uh, and we had to wait through like five minutes of commercials for this shitcoin conference. And it was brutal, dude. You had like them shilling Akon's shitcoin, oh. like all the shitcoin exchanges, shilling like all the, the DeFi protocol. It was like actually disgusting. Uh, what was going on there um so again yeah happy to see we have more bitcoin focused content more signal in the space the the bull run people taking advantages with these virtual conferences and yeah, other yeah. conferences like it's it's what our boy adam curry always talks about right is that is that the the shit corners will pay you the most ad dollars period like you get shit corners as your sponsors and you get the best ad dollars so so literally to run a news organization that relies on ad money um but keep it bitcoin only is you just you're just turning around re you're turning away revenue constantly it's just a constant battle about turning around turning away revenue and just just uh and i don't have to tell you this i mean this is what we fucking do all the time at, at tales from the crypt right yeah i mean um, you should see my inbox is just a graveyard of shit corners trying to get me to take their money right so the expansion of that is fucking gorgeous, right? Like we want to see this Bitcoin only network expand, uh, this Bitcoin focused network expand and and watching it happen at Bitcoin Magazine has just been really, really fucking dope. And, and seeing them get people like Gladstein to do these regular um, contributions, uh, I think is a massive step forward uh, for the whole space. So cheers to that. Agreed. Cheers. Shout out to Bitcoin Magazine. Shout out to Gladstein. Keep crushing it. I got Ben the Carman in my DMs. Uh, do I have a link to the Crypto Voices correction on Lop's <laughs> M1 chart? Um, he has it listed for BitDevs. Aren't you going to see him in like two hours? Yeah, but ben? he has it listed for BitDevs. And Ben, no, they, they didn't do an official correction, but if you go to their pinned tweet, that was the latest update from Q1 or Q, Q4 2020, excuse me. Um, and if you like, they haven't updated it yet, but. If you go back to are you responding to the dm via 
yeah, I yeah, yeah. was listening. Um, so <laughs> uh, the the information is there in their pin tweet, and in their pin tweet, excluding gold and silver, Bitcoin was already number six uh, in terms of global based money. So already, yeah. Higher. So the the next the next two episodes of Tales from the Crypt are going to be Ben the Carmen. We we have um, Marty had a conversation with him and uh, Chris Stewart. Um, that's going to drop tomorrow, and then on Tuesday we're going to do live still dispatch. Uh, me, him, and I'm included. So, yeah, Ben said it didn't need to respond on air, uh, but Ben, that was much more efficient. And <laughs> see, he responded. He was listening. You're correct. <laughs> Boomer Marty with the voice text to every freak. <laughs> Boomer Marty, what do you think about YouTube stars calling us Bitcoiners boomers? Uh, who who's calling us boomers? Yeah that dude akeem star whatever the fuck his name is oh i don't i don't know who that is i didn't know until people started acting like i know you're talking about the ripple guy i'm 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 cool with pretending i don't know who he is (laughs) have fun with the ripple have fun with it yeah uh shitcoin ipo oh Oh, we already talked about Uh, that good headline i like this headline clever right yeah yeah matt has shit all capital coin yeah Um, lowercase shit all capital coin ipo Um, yeah value of 66 billion we already talked about this is scary for our mexican freaks out there uh mexico senate approves the creation of a biometric cell phone registry lovely this is so fucked up this is scarier not just for mexico this is if it's just mexico then then there's a market for bitcoiners to pay people to send sims in right so they have to basically put a fingerprint down to get a sim card correct Fingerprint and potentially eye data as well. Oh, lovely. Pupil data. Um, well, we've seen KYC creep into the cell phone market very, very quickly. And the reason is because cell phones are basically used as a, an authentication now for people. It's used like they use the cell phone number as a soft KYC for services, right? Like if you're going to use Twitter or something, you're using that cell phone number as basically soft KYC to use Twitter. So if they can KYC the actual activation of the phone number, um, then they have that ultimate source. And in classic authoritarian fashion, they said it's to stop kidnapping and extortion. Yeah. They always say it's for stuff like that. And that certainly does happen a lot in Mexico. But just look at the language of this Reuters. The criminals are going to get it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Just look at the language of this Reuters article. It's like crazy to see how this gets lost on people. So like the legislation, which had already passed in the lower house, aims to counter crime by requiring telecom companies to collect customer data, including fingerprints or eye biometrics for a national registry managed by Mexico's telecoms regulator, the IFT, a national registry, like list, list, list. Like when people start getting list. The sad part is the fucking cartels are gonna all fucking get that list and they're gonna use it against their enemies. It's right. doing the exact opposite of what they're saying it's doing. Yeah, it's be, fucking tragic. This is surprised the cartels are um, somewhat pushing this forward. Like, aren't they pretty intertwined with the Mexican government already? Yeah, I mean, like, look, look, I, I'll already tell you, freaks, there's going to be a story on RHR at some point in the near future about all this data fucking leaking, right? Like, it's going to be for sale pretty soon on, as the mainstream media likes to call it, low-level hacker forums. <laughs> uh, well, 
beware, freaks. Be aware. That's why we put these stories on the list. That's why we talk about them, so you can be aware, so you can be better educated, so you can better identify problems. The first part to creating a solution to a problem is identifying your problems. That's what we're trying to do here is identify problems, logical inconsistencies, and uh, bullish news as well. Good things happening in the Bitcoin space. Bring the signal to you guys. That was a short list today, Matt. I was not expecting it to be that short. I know. It feels like a lot has happened, but I'm telling you, most of it was like Coinbase and Taproot. Okay. It really wasn't. uh... And also just like, I don't know, like, uh, I assume the freaks can't concentrate, right, guys? Like, it's just the the number go up is just really just destroys my brain. I, me personally, like, I haven't been that distracted by it. It's pretty boring, all-time high that we're hovering at right now. Marty, I'm in full FOMO mode right now. Like, I'm <laughs> literally, I'm pouring in every last fucking... Every last stack sat I can stack, I'm doing it. And I am unabashedly assaulting my friends and family <laughs> and telling them that they need to pour money. Like I, I spoke to someone, someone the other day was like, I have this money for a house. I'm worried about uh I've been trying to buy a house and like the market's running away from me. I don't know what to do or whatever. And historically I would tell them like, stay humble and stack. Right. Like everyone knows like that's Matt. Like who is going to say that? I was like, you should just put it all into Bitcoin. That was my response. I was like, you should just put it all into Bitcoin. I, I didn't even, there was no qualifications there. I, I didn't say like, it's a high risk investment. It's this or that. Like that's where we are in the cycle right now. We're like, if, 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 I, I urgency. Matt Matt feels the same. There's of a urgency. sense of urgency. I I really do think. I really do think that 200k by conference day is still in play, and that is, what is that, fucking 50 days away? Not even. It's uh, we're on the 15th right now. So right. So even if I'm wrong, 16, even if I'm wrong and we're at like a humble 140K or something. That's yeah, 50 days on the dot. You're right. Like who's going to be fucking upset with that shit? No one's going to be upset with that shit. I, 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 and no one can tell me that I am being irresponsible when the CEO of Goldman Sachs calls a 500K price target. Well, like, okay. Was that, did he call that? There was some misinformation going around. Like, didn't. One of the block guys say that he was talking about Bitcoin replacing gold. It actually wasn't him. It was uh, uh, the dude from Galaxy, Novo. Oh, wait. Did, did David misquote. Solomon not say that it's going to flip gold? It wasn't David Solomon. Uh, the, one of the block reporters had to come out and uh, correct oh, his misquote. It was a misquote. It was Novo. Oh, well, Novo's obviously going to do this bullshit fucking... Yeah. David okay, Solomon. well, a lot of people, myself included, thought that the CEO of Goldman Sachs called for $500,000. <laughs> um, so that alone is bullish as fuck. Yeah. No, but I mean, I mean, like, <sighs> Marty, I am so fucking bullish right now. Like, I, I don't, I like, I, I'm, I'm in the, the incessant annoying phase of this cycle. Uh, I'm starting to feel bad for my family. I haven't, um, 
I haven't been that annoying to my family members at all. You should see my lady, man. My lady, I'm like, I overheard the other day, I like walked by the room and she was like talking on the phone. She's like, she's like, if you don't, like, if you don't buy this right now, like we will still take care of your children, but, but we won't do it happily. Like we wish you like would participate in it. I was like, what the fuck? I walked in after the call. I was like, you have to be a little bit nicer to these people. Like they're confused. They're lost. They have no idea what's going on. Shame, shaming into stack, a shame stack. Is that what we should call uh, the first stack after you get shamed into it by a Bitcoiner? A shame stack. Yeah, I'm. I, I I'm with her though. I'm. I'm at the point of the cycle where I'm just shaming fucking friends and family, trying to get them in. You know, what? I do feel good. I I didn't get friends in, but I, I at the Top Golf that I mentioned earlier, I had two buddies who got married within the last two years, and I'm that deadbeat friend is extreme. Oh, I give them all Bitcoin, man. They yeah. all they're all up so much. Was Every wedding I've ever been to, they're just up a shit ton. Well, I was two years late, and I brought two open dimes to Top Golf and loaded them with some sats and handed them over. I was like, I'm sorry, but hopefully this makes up for it. I think it will. Oh, you gave them after the wedding? Yes. Yeah, there's literally no wedding that I've been to. Uh, I, like the average wedding that I've been to is up like 10x. <laughs> they're <laughs> fucking killing it. All right, it's like ah. Yeah, that average wedding gift uh, is up significantly. And the, and the open dime is the best, too, because it's... It's so good. It's not as straightforward to, to to move the sats, so they're like, it's somewhat of a forced hold. Wait, and also, like, even the biggest hater of Bitcoin thinks it's the coolest fucking piece of hardware right. ever. Well, I handed it to my one buddy. His wife saw it, and she, like, was, like, just inspecting it. She was like, we need to buy more. Like, <laughs> Right, because it's cool. It just looks cool. Yeah. It just looks like the future. Yeah. Um... All right, I've got a call here in 30. I need to go buy a, a micro SD adapter. Oh, wait, no, I don't. We're recording through Zoom, so I don't have to do that, luckily. I have no idea what you're talking about, Boomer. I've got a micro SD in my Roadcaster. I don't have a micro SD adapter to plug into my laptop. I got to go get one um, for the recorded, the locally recorded audio. Um, so I got to do that before tomorrow for the Ben McCarman Fresh Stewart episode. Oh, you haven't recorded that yet. No, I did, but on a micro SD, and I don't have a micro SD adapter to move the file to my computer. Oh, interesting. Yes. Marty's a victim of the standards. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, and I'm, yeah. This this MacBook, <laughs> this MacBook, the little engine that could. I've had it since like 2014. It's, it's creating better audio visual quality than uh, than my M1 Mac Mini plus camera setup at home. So very interesting. Mario, you bring you brought the family down to Austin, right? Yeah, I'm sure you freaks saw my brother holding my son walk behind me uh, at one point. I don't think they saw it. I saw it, but I think you weren't speaking, so they didn't see it. But even if they did, they saw it very little. Um, we're like the little thumbnails, which I love. Um, are you bringing your family down to Miami for Bitcoin 2021? I am not. I am not. My brother wanted to come, and I said, to, "Hey, just meet us in Austin." My wife and I have a Airbnb with an extra room. Stay with us there. Say that. Don't buy a conference ticket. You don't need to. Stack sats instead. That was my advice. So your wife's not coming down either. She is. Oh, she is. But no, no baby. No baby. No baby. Cool. Well, I look forward to seeing you both in Miami. Um, there's been a lot of progress has been made over there. I mean, I don't know why you're freaking you don't have a ticket i i do if if you're questioning whether or not it's worth it to come down to miami for the conference don't come just stack sats 
Uh, if you have to ask, you don't have enough Bitcoin. And we none of us have enough Bitcoin, but like you should probably just stack instead. Like I, I will humbly say that. Um, if you're feeling like you've saved a lot of money this year and you've poured it into Bitcoin, um, I really do think like this conference is going to be a once in a lifetime type of thing. I think people desire human contact. We've had this ridiculous last two years. I think Bitcoin could be trading over 200K. And even if I'm wrong by half, it could be trading over 100K. Um, and it'll be an absolutely ridiculous party with a shit ton of Bitcoiners. Uh, the, the, on the conference side, they just keep adding things. And like, we're not, I'm not even allowed to talk about this. Um, but they just keep adding things like the, the tracks are getting ridiculous, like in terms of speakers, like it's fucking awesome. Um, like, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know what I'm allowed to say or what I'm not allowed to say, but if you haven't bought your ticket, consider buying a ticket and they haven't rug pulled my, my promo code yet. So I, I still have code humble. You get 15% off now. It used to be 21%. It was, it's the best I can do. And I don't make any money off of that. So consider it stay humble look at your stack look at your available capital and make the decision i'm very much looking forward to it marty i miss you man it's been it's been a fucking minute i haven't seen you since like 18k i miss you too dude. wow wow <laughs> dude and doing like an in-person with chris stewart and ben yesterday like just felt good the in-person vibes are so much better I hope that when people look back and they realize when I was with you and Arbed out at like 18 K, like, like I just saw the future and I just was, I was just completely lost control. I was just like, I couldn't help myself. Um, <laughs> you just have moral hangover from that one. I mean, what we're like, we're three X, we're three X from the last time we saw each other. More than that. Yeah. 300%. When you put it in percent, it sounds bigger than three X 300%. That's crazy. And we'll probably be at least 500% by the time we see each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you're being bearish. Um, I love you, freaks. Thank you for joining us. A big shout out to all the rider dies in the live chat. Uh, you're my people. I love you, Marty. Enjoy Austin. Give my love to everyone out there. I will. You will be missed tonight and tomorrow. Um, I'll make sure to send send your regards to everybody. And Yeah. Thank you for joining us, freaks. If you're liking it, please smash that subscribe button, like, share, tell your friends about it. Don't tell them about it. We like the shout outs. We love the shout outs. TFTC.io slash contribute. Keep crushing. Best way, to, best way to fix a problem is to identify a problem. Stack size. I think we're identifying problems. I think we're, we're providing solutions too. Bitcoin's a great solution. Enjoy the rest of your weeks. We'll see you. Like, how do you say that when you're like talking to many people? Do you say enjoy the rest of your week, or is everybody having an individual week? And so you say weeks. Y'all, we're going to the moon. Stack as many fucking stats as possible. Peace and love, freaks. <laughs>